0: Why are clean financials and the preparation of them so important uh, in a transaction?
1: Yeah, that's 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 a great question, and and I think, you know, if you if you think back to, you know, applying for a job before we had our companies, right? You 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 go and you 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 apply for whatever job that may be, and if you were to handwrite that that application and uh, and put a resume C attached. You know, it's not gonna be looked at as favorable as a very professional typed resume uh that lists all of your experience and your education, um, and just put together in, in a, a very professional format, right? If you have those two next to each other, you're gonna go with the professional format, right? That's who you are. Um and the same thing with financial statements. If if they're not prepared professionally, um and there's mistakes in them, then you lose trust. And and once trust is lost, the deal is lost.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we really see them as the keystone to the the transaction, especially when you're approaching it from preparing all of the listing materials, uh, particularly the confidential information memorandum and in the SIM, and the backbone of the of the deal of what you're going out to market with is is this is this set of books, right? And and that includes uh, P and and balance sheet. In, in its most basic form and then a statement of cash flows, hopefully, um, what we end up doing and y- y- you know, it's part of what we collaborate with you on is we essentially say, okay, what, um, what does this look like from, usually it's in cash basis. I mean, maybe maybe not so much these days with some of the larger deals. But usually it's in cash basis with these service providers. Yeah. And then we're looking at it from an accrual standpoint so that we want to reconcile the a period, right? And and then we want to have those periods reconciled ideally on the monthly. And then we also get a lot into the uh, the adjustments on the cash flow, right? Or or what we term EBITDA. And um, and you know, we've done a lot of videos on on EBITDA and, and what it what it is and what it means, but one of those areas is is you can come in there and you can look at these adjustments and you can say, hey, these make sense. Uh, they, you know, the ultimate number that we get to in terms of an adjusted EBITDA number, that, that does make sense because that right there is the base variable for us that we then add the multiple onto. And so, you know, it's sort of not only just the the SIM and all the materials and going out there with your financial resume, as you're saying, Mm -hmm. but it's also that the, the way that we can respond to uh, an offer is with these valuation metrics. And that really is the core of it. So, I mean, speak to how you've worked with clients in the past on, on getting to those numbers and, and, you know, making sure that we're going out with numbers that we might think that a certain thing might be an adjustment, like, uh, for instance, you know, the certain, uh, ownership salaries, but if the ownership are going to stay involved or if they're going to have to replace that person because they're operationally, uh, doing the day to day, then, you know, there's, there's a lot of that back and forth that needs to happen. Uh, where have you gotten involved in that?
1: Yeah. I mean, primarily what, what you're describing there, that's a typical, uh, conversation that I'll have with clients too. And, and, one of the, the questions is, look, I'm leaving, even if they are leaving, uh, they don't need my, my salary comes out of it. Well, that's true unless they have to replace you, right? So if the owner is doing a lot of operational work, then that's gotta be replaced if that owner leaves. If the owner is an absentee owner, that's a different story, right? So so you, you've gotta dig into those and understand what those ad backs are and why they're ad backs and, and be able to justify them, right? So an owner's car and the owner's going away that makes sense right you, you know you don't need to replace the car uh but certainly the uh the salary may or may not be replaced you know and so that's that's something we'll we'll typically talk about
0: what are uh some of the oddest ad backs, uh you've seen or or some of the ones where you're like this is a little gray
1: <laughs> yeah well lifestyle. you know typically you'll see some things that should have been in there to begin with you know um that's my that's my, my ski trip every year. that's, you know, that's, that's not my, that's not related really to business. And, you know, so instead of it being a distribution, it shouldn't have been the financials to begin with. Right. So, so we would just assume, take them out rather than, you know, and, and restate the financial statements rather than have them in there and, and, uh, and have an ad back and explain why they were in there to begin with, you know, right. because then it goes back to the integrity of the financial statements.
0: And you don't think that your clients, uh, see patients on the slopes. Uh, (laughs) in the gondola yeah Yeah, (laughs) that's that's my office mobile office
1: yeah there you Uh, go that
0: makes sense yeah uh where um uh, where are you most focused when you dig in on financials and the reason I ask that is because sometimes look we have clients who again operate uh in the small business community Right, and and that's a a pretty big range there. You you have larger clients as well, uh, but uh, primarily all of our clients are in that I would say you know sub five million dollar cash flow area, and some of them have gotten that way because they've been very frugal, right, and and a lot of them are also self directed and they believe that they have the agency and capacity to sort of do these things on their own, right, and and I don't want to take any of that away from them and, and argue their capacity. But do you find that you get into situations where, um, you, you say, look, this, these, this is not where we need it to be. And how do you work through something like that? When you, when you say, well, I don't want to spend money on someone comes to you and says, I don't really want to spend too much money on this. Um, just look at if there's anything that's big or any big problems. Um, how do you kind of come back, um, at, to somebody like that with, and, you know, understanding that, uh, you you know, you you do want to work with them, you do want to help them? How, how do you work through some those kind of challenges?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think the first thing I do is, is you know, I'd like to see their tax return. i like to see their financial statements, make sure they tie, right? Um, when we typically look at our, the financial statements, we're focused on the balance sheet. You know, the income statement, you know, that's important. Typically, your deposits are your revenues and the cash basis. Your expenses are what they are. Um, they may be miscategorized. That's okay. If they're still there, right? Uh, but your bigger is- issues are going to be in the balance sheet. So we can quickly skim the balance sheet and say, okay, do we have assets that are no longer there? Do we have negative assets? For example, is a country receivable? I've seen a country receivable that should have a pa- positive balance be negative. Um, I've seen loans that are uh, positive that should be credits. Uh, mm. you know, so, so looking at all of those things and, and just simply saying, look, it's going to take some time. Here, here's your options, Right. Um, you may not want to spend the money to do this, but this is what it will take to to fix it. Uh, it's up to you, and and so I just kind of push that back on the client, let them make that decision. Uh, but if they want to get it right, they want to get it right, and yeah. Um, typically, if you get it right, you're going to get a much bigger valuation.
0: No, it's it's a great point, and we get in these situations where folks have been running their businesses for decades, and they they say, "Well, we've never done." done this before the person that's going to buy us is going to buy us because you know they want a certain profile of the business that we offer there's all this value in in the operations and and the financials don't really matter right like their perspective on it is i've had a tax accountant that at the end of the year i give them i dump a whole bunch of information onto them and they come back and you know they give me a, a number right? That and, and some returns, right? That's been their experience. And so again, I'm, I'm really focused in on the lower middle market here. But yeah. do you find that how do you change someone's perception? And again, we've t- we've touched on this, but how do you change someone's perception that comes into it with that mindset?
1: Well, I typically will explain to them, look, you've got to put yourself in the buyer's shoes, right? Um, if you're the seller. And, and if I'm buying a company, and I have Right. I I talked about the fact that we we purchased healthcare companies. I've purchased CPA firms and merged them with my own. I want to look at the financial statements, get comfortable with the financial statements and then determine how long it's going to take to get my money back. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to finance this deal if I'm going to pay cash, whatever that happens to be. How long is it going to take to get that money back? Um, And if it's if it's, uh, uh, you know, a long, long period of time, no one's going to want to touch it. I don't care how bad they want to be in that market. Right. So it's got to make sense. And so um, that's kind of the typical way we'll, we'll talk to our clients about
0: it. Do you think that I frame it properly when I tell clients that someone in your capacity that's looking at it, and I, I'll call it transactional accounting, yeah. okay, uh, that someone from your perspective is actually almost doing the opposite of what a, a tax accountant is doing. You're, you're looking for all the areas where the company has value. That's right. You're, you're trying to increase the income uh, based on the actual performance of the business and and you're also saying we we have metrics now that we can point to uh, because for us uh, death is in the business that goes to market and has a decline while in process. so you know we started off and we had a, a certain amount of cash flow or a certain performance and then you know, 3 months later when we're going through diligence the business is performing lesser than when we went out to market like that that is probably the worst case scenario for us yeah. so you know do do you think that that's a, a the the right characterization just to say that this is a whole new ball of wax here like this is someone that's going to come in and look at this in terms of maximizing value as opposed to somebody that's trying to show the least amount of income from a tax perspective
1: yeah, we you know we we had that conversation you know years before the deal. You know sometimes you know we'll have clients that will come to us and say, look, we want to sell in twenty four months, twelve months, whatever that happens to be. Uh, we want to maximize our value. Well, that's a different answer uh, than minimizing your taxes, right? Um, <laughs> minimizing your taxes. We have more expenses. We're looking at opportunities to reduce that. Spending more money uh, that, that may be needed for the business. Uh, buying equipment, for example, things like that. Uh, whereas if you're looking to minimize that value, you want the highest profitability you can so that the buyer looks at it and says, you know, based on that profitability, the payback I'm going to get on that deal is going to be much lower, right? The, the time period to get my money back. And so they're counterintuitive for sure. And I think you categorize it perfectly.
0: Yeah, no, it's it, it's a challenge because uh, there is a certain experience set with with their books and how they've handled them. And we're saying we have to, this is a one area where if you are going to, we're going we're gonna to need to invest and spend. And you, like you said, it's nice to have the runway. I mean, we always talk about uh, if you're even contemplating going out to market, uh, have a conversation with, yeah. you know, someone that understands what the m a process is like. Uh, you know, we, we talk about, sort of framing what the expectations are for our clients a lot as well and given your healthcare experience are you able to also uh validate valuations uh potentially for them or look at other areas in the market where you know we use we use a transactional multiple right uh to to add or to multiply against the EBITDA And, you know, essentially that we look at that number as like, how many years, uh, will it take for the buyer to make that EBITDA back, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and sort of make themselves in some respects whole relative to the enterprise value. Um, and so we, you know, our valuations range from, you probably we're not going to go out to market with something that's too much lower than five. Uh, and then there's some areas, uh, segments in the market that might be upwards uh, 10 to the low teens, 10 to 12, right? Um, can you come in there and, and say, look, this makes sense to us uh, so that they can get another opinion on on how we're going out to market and, and framing their expectations?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would have a conversation with the client from an experience perspective. It wouldn't be a formal opinion, though.
0: Right. right.
1: Regard. but I'd be happy to have the conversation for sure.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the thing is that we can also do uh, formal opinions of value. We can do valuations yeah. that are in a report form, uh, witness testimony type situations. A lot of that happens usually when there's uh, a partnership that's looking to break apart. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we've worked with uh, restructuring companies in the past as well in that regard. But I think that from the perspective of how it, it it looks and, you know, h- how this will feel in the market, uh, you know, it's always nice to have somebody that works with these types of companies that can come in and, and say, hey, you know, that I can say, hey, look, talk to Doug and yeah. see what, you know, see what he thinks about this. Uh, but but framing expectations is important to do early in the process as Absolutely. well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think, you know, to your point, yeah, you have experience here, you, you know, you're closing transactions, you have a lot of clients that you've you've been through this with. And so from from a high level, you know, you know what these what, what these entities are going for on the market. Right. You just know that from your experience. And so, you know, look what anyone's willing to pay is what, you know, is what it's worth. Right. So. Right. So you want get, to get as much as possible, but you know what's reasonable. And so I think that's invaluable even without a formal evaluation. Uh, you know the market.
0: Yeah. And you bring up a great point because we see other forms of valuation out there, right? Maybe some form of income or asset analysis or a discounted cash flow analysis. And I'm not taking anything away from uh, the folks out there in the industry that do these, but a lot of it is not relevant. To what actually happens, yeah. where you get into a process, and what we find is that there's a buyer that comes in that's usually uh, higher uh, on the bell curve of, of deals uh, of offers, right? So we get an offer. We get, let's say we get four offers. There might be three offers that are hovering around the same area, then there'll be that one offer that's twenty to thirty percent more. Yeah, and you know the the I would say that the most important piece in keeping that offer that high through the whole process is getting through the quality of earnings That's because right. the, the reason that the business saw uh, you as being valuable is because of geographic synergies, or there's, uh, there's a caregiver population that you have. And usually those things end up panning out. I mean, there'll be clinical analysis, right? But yeah. it's usually that those areas pan out that one area that we're always at the edge of our seats on is, okay, well, how's the QOV coming in? I'll tell you, 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 you go into a process and you've got reviewed financials and you know what you're up against in terms of the the quality of earnings. And it, it just makes it so much more, uh, seamless getting through that. Um, has that been your experience?
1: Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's your, that's your biggest hurdle uh, from a financial perspective. Right. And so, if you can go in there and, and sleep at night knowing that they're solid, knowing that you have had a CPA review them, uh, I think you're you're way ahead of the game for sure.
0: Okay, great. Uh, you know, Doug. Again, another bro- broader question is: uh, How will a transactional CPA improve uh, the value and probability of a successful sale?
1: Yeah. So I think I think it goes back to a lot of what we've discussed already in, in that you know, clean financial statements are going to give you the highest value, right? It's going to give you the trust that you need to to command a higher price Uh, and it's going to be, they're going to be accurate uh, so that you know uh, where you should land.